marking out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans, we marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out, episode 475, otherwise known as 3.141592653359, because it is Pi Day, that was the nerdiest thing on the show that has ever happened, and we talk about wrestling, but you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Marking Out, uh, Chris Sweendog, Dave the Rave underscore M-O, B-T-T-G-161, also on Instagram, uh, Marking Out 11, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook.com slash out, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. That's about it. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Can you believe 25 to 500? What does that mean? Yeah. 25 more episodes oh, and we 500. Oh, 25 more episodes, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Math, math wasn't my strong suit. <laughs> As you proved with your pie statistic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's just crazy. 25 more episodes and we hit 500 episodes. November. I mean, and we're still where we were five years ago. <laughs> Brandon, how are you? I'm humble. I'm I'm awesome <laughs> as always. <laughs> I'm humble. How are I, you? I'm doing uh doing good. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. How was your week? Uh, it was it was decent. Didn't didn't really do much because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this uh. Uh, COVID-19 pandemic, it, it's getting pretty crazy out there. I mean, everything that's taking place and the widespread of it, and now the and widespread panic of it as well. Yeah, you go to the, the food market and it's absurd. Uh, yeah, the paper, paper goods are gone. It, it seems like people are overreacting with that. Like people are like stockpiling toilet paper. People are selling toilet paper on eBay for a thousand dollars. Are anybody buying? I have no idea, but you'd be an idiot if you did. That that's poor grammar. Is anybody buying? That's better. It's just it's just ridiculous because it's like you see stuff like this when like oh, ladies and gentlemen, there might be a hurricane, and then it's like there's no hurricane, but there are people already like they they are like lined up around the block for gasoline. They're they're uh, they they cleared out the the aisles for food. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's like a blizzard. Gotta get my shovel. Ah, yeah. I don't have a shovel. Where's your shovel from last year? <laughs> Gotta get another shovel. Did you see that guy's video? Uh, the milk and a. No, I it? didn't. I didn't see it. But oh, he, he the the very first time he did that with the blizzard. Like, yeah, he, he hit did, that right on the head. Oh no, he did a really funny one uh, for this one right now. But I mean, it still shouldn't be uh, downplayed. I mean, it is something that does have to be contained. They we do need to analyze and analyze the virus itself and it has to be contained if we don't contain it then it's going to spread especially because there's no vaccine there's no cures there's no medication or we don't know of any medication or prevent or medicinal preventatives that could be taken right now so it's 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 really a necessity that has to be shut down Uh, but i don't know about that i think a lot of people are overreacting well, I mean, I think that it does have to be shut down because it does have to be contained right now, uh, especially at the rate that it's spreading. But, yeah, they stopped NHL, NBA. And the NBA, it, it was just weird to watch it play out. 
it was one of those moments that I kind of wanted to watch myself because it was really it's a historic moment. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, turned on. I, I think I spoke about this on the Wednesday Night Wars with Chris. Is that uh, I saw Vince Carter tag in? Yeah, for a game. I thought that was cool. Yeah, Vince Carter's, I guess, last game. Uh, he tagged in and he got uh, he hit a three pointer for his last shot ever, or at least as of now. Um, but it, it was weird because you first you heard about, I think you texted me about the NBA season. Yeah. And, and you're and like, I, no, that's not true. Yeah. Well, that's because if anybody ever sees the stuff that Brandon ever texts me at times, uh... they would doubt you a lot of times too. Oh, CM Punk is returning tonight. This yeah, that. that that's a you deserve that. Like I, I <laughs> very, if you weren't watching SmackDown last night, I would have texted you, oh my God. They announced CM Punk for Monday Night Raw. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so you texted me that, and I was just like, "Um, I have to check this out. Like, I was watching, like, John Wick, which is actually a really cool movie, John John Wick trilogy, I guess. I didn't ever start. I I think that aired after. uh, Yeah. SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, after Raw. Yeah, I've, I've been on. It's been airing all the time on USA. So I flipped over to NBA, and they they had the game ongoing. Uh, it was the end of the conclusion of the game, but it was weird because you saw, um, what's his face? Um, Mark Cuban's live reaction to reading the text Uh and his jaw. Yeah. His jaw drops wide open. And then there's a clip of him showing the managers, the referees and everybody else, his phone. Hey, look that up. Yeah. It's actually pretty wild to watch his live reaction and then they interviewed him after and he's, he's saying that he's gonna make sure that people that work his for his team yeah still get paid and everything so that's really cool i thought that um, was cool everyone yeah. everyone for the arena not not just like yeah. specifically the team yeah 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 the arena too um but it was weird because then they had i think it was the pelicans and um i forgot who the pelicans were playing but you had only one team that was like a little bit on the court and then after, like they were about to start the game, and then they pulled the team, everybody off the court, and it was kind of like one of these moments where you didn't know what was the game supposed to was the game like this is supposed to be the last game, uh, before we go into the suspension, and then they ended up saying making an announcement that the game's being canceled, which it's probably the dude's fault from what was it the Utah Jazz. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the so one of the referees at that game refed the Utah Jazz game the day before. Oh, so due to that factor, they just shut the entire thing down. And I feel I feel bad for this guy, the NBA player that did do that. Made him like he made a he mock- made a mockery of he it, did. and then he ended up having it. Like, bro, yeah, he made he made a mockery of it. And of course, you don't in there. Was, I, I don't. There, of course, there was no harm in what he did. He was making light of it and making a was joke. He like licking his his players, his teammates. I, I think he was going around. He was going touching. around bushwhacking and stuff. I, I'm yeah, I think so. I haven't seen him about licking. I heard that he was getting close to his teammates and stuff. But now, and then he ended up testing positive for it. I really feel bad for him because he was just making a joke of it, and now he has a severe guilt on his conscience of what just happened. So 
But yeah, he not only ruined NBA, he ruined NHL, he ruined <laughs> baseball, which is pushed back. It's still going to happen, I guess. But yeah, but oh, you is know, the World it, Series going to take place in like December? How's that going to work? They they probably just cancel it. I mean, they canceled one World Series, I think, in '94 because the uh, the strike. Um, yeah, well, that's but, a little different than this. I mean. Yeah, totally it's weird because they, they just cancel. They said that there's like there's rumors that it could that like all arena events could be canceled up until September. Wow, I didn't see that. But it's like, um, and they they stopped all Broadway uh, plays. Yeah, Broadway has shut down all concerts. Yeah, um, it's just it's just weird. I mean, right now I wouldn't take any and wrestling events. Yeah, I wouldn't take any public transportation, period. Here's the thing, though. I would 100%. I'd still go fly. I'd still go on a cruise. I can't let this stuff phase me. I'm, like, super at risk for it, but I'm not – I can't let stuff <laughs> like that phase me. I'm not, like – I'm well, not thing- stupid when it comes to washing my hands. I know how to wash my hands. I'm 30 years old. You sing happy birthday? I I sing uh, – I, I sometimes sing happy birthday, yeah. Uh, but I, I get, like, really into it, so it's, like, uh, an operatic version. Yeah, like as if Christina Aguilera was singing it. Well, that's not really operatic, but well, she has that like I guess more of and stuff. I was stuff. thinking more like Aiden English, but oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, it, it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, I, I do runs see. when I when I uh, wash my hands. <laughs> yeah, you you see people like you see them cleaning the MTA, like the trains and the tra- like Penn Station, and you're like, shouldn't this have been done multiple times? Throughout the day, or, or throughout like the year of yeah, all like, ever without even disease, brother. Yeah, hello. Like, I feel like this is something that has been neglected um, and never has been publicly or um, addressed in this manner. And now you have to address it. But I now, feel like this is something that they, it should have been done a long time ago with the cleaning too. Yeah. And now everybody's doing the elbow bumps instead of the fist bumps or the, yeah. the handshake. Well, some people are fist bumping too, but. Yeah, you trendsetter over there. Right? <laughs> it's like, ah, well, you know, I'll give you an elbow. Brandon knew about all this a long time ago when he said, don't, don't, rule, rule number one, don't touch me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, so we had a pay per view uh, this past Sunday, Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Uh, Kickoff show, we had Viking Raiders defeat Hawkins and Ryder. Uh, I have no idea why this match took place. This was an actual match, though. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, was very surprised that it wasn't like a quick one, two, three. Yeah, I mean, Hawkins and Ryder took on Viking Raiders a a while ago on Monday Night Raw, and it was a total squash match. So to see Ryder and Hawkins have a pay-per-view match and it not be a squash match, it's nice. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, Hawkins wore new edge gear, which I, I thought was cool, plus a weight belt that happened on that trend. Huh. You didn't realize it was edge gear? No, I didn't. I, didn't I don't realize. know how you don't realize that gear is edge gear. I don't. I, I never. The only, I'll, I'll notice if something looks cool, but I'll I never. Thought it looked cool. I'll never notice gear. Uh, I'll never notice gear like that and associated with someone like obvious stuff like. Velveteen Dream. I'll associate his tights to Rick Rude. But stuff like other stuff, I it sometimes goes right over my head. So like when Velveteen Dream had Prince Puma tights <laughs> over your head or No, I I I noticed. 
Uh, but, but Eric ends up sending Zack Ryder into Hawkins, so he accidentally hits the Rough Rider on Kurt Hawkins, which I always like that spot. I know they did uh, a similar spot at WrestleMania 28, where Ryder went to hit, I think Ryder went to hit a Rough Rider on Dolph Ziggler, but Ziggler propelled him into Miz, or or mm-hmm. Miz propelled him into Ziggler. I think. Mm-hmm. So I always I'm always a fan of that. Nah, but. Good match. Uh, this I just want to say, like this start of the elimination chamber was pure fire. Like I feel like halfway through the event, I I died down. Uh, me personally, like I couldn't get through. Uh, I wouldn't but, say halfway through. Halfway through is like, well, maybe just over halfway through. I feel like I feel like the elimination chamber match, like Alistair Black and AJ, is where I started. To there were there off. were eight matches, right? Yeah. So yeah, believe so. Yeah, around Black AJ Styles, I started dwindling off, but the first parts were amazing. So you kicked off. So for right off the start, me and Brandon tied for this event, um, but Daniel Bryan picked up the victory over Drew Gulak, and this lived up to my expectations. Yeah, Gulak got busted open, by the way, and it was yeah. weird because the ref didn't like put on gloves. Maybe he didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it wasn't like that bad of a cut, but I, I, I popped big time. Gulak had like that leg trap pile driver move. I, I like that move a lot, too. I thought that was pretty cool. I This was the technically sound match that you knew that it had the potential to be. And that's why I'm so happy that it actually lived up to that, that they gave them that time. Um, yeah, they, I, have, I, they have two spots that they can't replay ever. <laughs> the the superplex oh <laughs> or, or first even the the suplex that where they actually they suplexed each other over the top rope that yeah that was a nasty spot and then uh and then when gulak hit the inverted superplex from the top rope into the gulak yeah that was a cool spot too can't replay it yeah unless you get a different angle where uh you know daniel had... Bryan doesn't pop out yeah he he escaped his trunks his... yeah his berries. And, and it's cool because like in a move like that, you normally don't see Drew Gulak on the top rope at all. He's like a, a no dive sort of. I know it wasn't a dive. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, but he yeah. went up to the top rope, hit that inverted superplex into the, the Gulak, the Gulak. And I thought it was awesome. I mean, I like the fact that Gulak had this much time, more so than D- Daniel Bryan. Drew Gulak is someone that we've been watching for a good amount of time, yeah, uh, especially for, for like years. Independent yeah, like, scene and everything. Yeah, CZW, NYWC. Uh, we were always aware of how technically he probably was the one of the best uh, technically sound wrestlers on the independent scene. So to see him in a match with Daniel Bryan, it's kind of it, it's really nice. It's really cool. Uh, yeah, next, and I like yeah. that they kind of like within SmackDown tied it into the Cruiserweight Classic with Daniel Bryan saying that ever since he saw. He he called the match. Ever since I called them his match on the the cruiserweight classic, I knew I needed to be in the ring with him. That's cool. And Gulak he passes out to uh, the yes lock. Yeah, he did even. And that. then I, I like Daniel Bryan started a yes chant for for him. Yeah, to show, to show I, respect. I, I thought that was really cool. I like that Gulak didn't tap out either. Yeah. That's like I, I think that that too is a huge rub that he didn't tap to Daniel Bryan. He just passed out. Yeah, that match was a lot bigger than most people would maybe assume. I agree. I thought that I was agree. a really cool moment for Drew Gulak. For sure. Um, next up, you had the U.S. champion, Andrade, pick up the victory over Carrillo. Uh, Umberto Carrillo, that is. Um, another 
another really fun match. Yeah, uh, and also earlier in the night, Zelina Vega put Umberto's moonsault over as the best in WWE, so I think that was pretty cool for her to, like, put over her opponent's move. Yeah. Because, like... Yeah, you don't... Yeah, you don't, you don't really normally see that, yeah. But uh, during the match, she pulled up the padding, uh, but it didn't get used. Um, and then Carrillo lost the match after Andrade reversed a pin and held the tights, which I kind of have a problem with because I feel like this was maybe the fourth time this has <laughs> happened in like the same exact manner. I don't, I don't know. Like you're not, you're not wrong. This, I mean, me and you spoke about this, I think two weeks ago when we said how much we loved or three weeks ago, we said how much we loved that they had a pin, pin attempt, pin attempt, pin attempt, uh, pin attempt, pin. Yes. You can't do it 10 times fast. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> like we, we said how much we loved it. And then we were like, we hope that they don't overdo it. And then the week after they overdid it. And now once again on the pay-per-view, they do it again. Um, but yeah, I did, I, I think that was the same exact ending that they had to the match in uh super showdown. I, I think so too. I'm, I'm a big, I, I'm okay that she pulled up the, uh, the outside. Oh, yeah. I'm fine with it. Not like, being used. Cause, cause it did get into play because Carrillo, Andrade oh, yeah. was going to use it, but then Carrillo backflipped him onto the, uh, the pulled up mats. Um, I, but, yeah, when I said it didn't get used, I meant like the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the exposed the concrete. Therapy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next uh, up match of the night, probably maybe a match of the year contender. Maybe, maybe I don't, I don't Dude, This uh, was a, a damn good match. It was a damn good match. I don't know if it's a match of the year contender though, but Miz it was Morrison. Miz and Morrison retained the SmackDown tag team championships in, in a elimination chamber match. Uh, right off the bat, I thought Heavy Machinery struggling to get into their pod was hilarious. Yeah, I like that they... Yeah. People used to do that to me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> As, like, jokes. And, like, I'm like, can you stop? <laughs> I, um, I also... Right off the bat, uh, Grand, Grand Metallic's, Metallic's mask. His, I yeah, thought his was attire. Cool. Yeah. Is this the first time that he's had hair exposed? I... Well... I don't remember him ever having a half mask like that. I know his yeah. hair comes out of his mask in the back, but no, not but like I, that. I, not like yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like I this was think. the first. Usually, he's like full. Yeah, full, full head. head. Yeah, um, and we've sometimes we see him without the the mouth as well. Yeah, this one reminded me a lot like Psychosis. Yeah. Like, um, New Day and the Usos started the match, which I was. I kind of wish we had a different team start because we've seen New Day and the Usos face off so many times. Yeah, I, but it I was agree fine. With you. I, I popped big time. New Day had a paint by numbers attire. Yeah, that was I, hilarious. I think, I think Chris said he popped for that as well. Yeah, I popped for that too. Um, one of the th- so one of the things that I don't why I don't think that it's really match contender. It, match of the year contender is just because some of the um the drawings of who comes in next is was predictable what, what do you mean lucha house party came in next and then miz and morrison i thought for sure they, you had that big botch from uh grand metallic with what uh when they first tagged in where he he went for uh where they doing the hot tag or whatever when they not hot tag but the hot entrance where they both did the springboard move off the top row 
Yeah. You'll, you'll have to rewatch it. But there was like a, a big botch. And I was just right away. I was just like, oh, no, that's going to totally ruin the flow of this right now. I do not recall that at all. I just I, I know I remember Metallic hitting that uh, Hurricane Rondo off the top of the pod to John Morrison, who was on yeah. the top rope. There, there was one part. Was where, awesome. I mean, I think everybody's mark out moment of the match was Lindsay Dorado, his shooting star press from the hanging from the top of the cage. Yeah. But there was that moment where you saw Lindsay climbing up to the top of the um, the pod, and you saw heavy machinery yelling. Yeah, Lindsay. Otis Otis did look a little confused there, but yeah, like I think that Otis was expecting him to do a crossbody or something off of the pod because they kept on yelling Lindsay, Lindsay, and I was just like thinking, I'm like, did Lindsay Dorado just miss his cue? Yeah, I like, don't know. but I... it, it was an awkward moment. But liked, maybe they just forgot that he was going to climb up to the top. I liked when Tucker tossed Dolph Ziggler off the top of the pod and Otis caught him. And then Tucker dove onto the other side, onto the teams. Yeah. I, I, that was I cool. like that. I like that Lucha House Party really had a lot of offense in this too. You know, they got their Lucha Libre style in there. Yeah. And I thought, and it's. What was nice about this match is that every single tag team, even in the division, every single tag team has a different uh, moveset, you know, like a different style of a moveset. You have the Lucha Libre, you have the Powerhouse, you have the uh, Technical, you have um, uh, Brawlers, you have just so so much different tag teams in there. Um, At one point, Otis went to, uh, I guess, body Dolph Ziggler into one of the pods. And oh, yeah. Ziggler sidesteps Otis. Otis goes through the other side of the, the chamber and out of the, 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 the chamber. Which looked really cool. Yeah. And then, uh, which I was hoping so much for uh, Mandy Rose to come down to check on. I know. Otis. I would have text- got a huge pop. Instead, she was sitting on WWE Watch Along and all she tweets out is Otis is thick-headed. He shouldn't have, or whatever, he shouldn't have done that or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, why is she giving him a hard time? Yeah, but... Can uh I just get some loving? Then uh, Ziggler and Rude yeah, but that, eliminated that, that Tucker. That, when you, you told me that she was backstage, and I'm like, she has to come out right now. And like you said, she just stayed there. And I'm like, that would have been a perfect spot to kind of show that maybe she still cares about Otis. Yeah. But now you can play into the fact that maybe she doesn't care about Otis. I mean, what kind of a mentality are we going to Well, put- it's still it's still been um I, I she's for whatever reason not believing Otis when he says I got a text message that said Oh, you're so be she's late. still playing so Okay, she's so she still she still thinks Otis like stood her up. So she's angry and upset that he still stood her up. Yeah. And he's, okay, okay. Because I was thinking maybe are we going to see Otis get angry over all of this or what kind of a direction? But, okay, so they're still going with, like, they're still getting played into this. Yeah. Uh, another okay. big spot, I would say, was the Usos hitting the Uso splash from the top of the pods. Yeah. I mean. To eliminate I, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. I, I said it last week. The two of them, the Usos, would be the top tag team in any promotion. I I think that the two of them are so talented. And uh, and then I, what I thought was going to lead to the end of the match didn't end up leading to the end of the Well, kind of ended up leading to the end of the match. Uh, Miz had the figure four locked in on one of the Usos, and John Morrison did a, a, um, 
a, a starship pain at the same time onto one of the Usos, like at the like the same. It was like a combo move, so I thought that yeah. was going to end the match, but it like I guess eventually led to the end of the match. Yeah, but no. Overall, it was a fun match. Uh, next up, you had Aleister Black pick up a victory over AJ Styles in a no DQ match. Of course, you had the club getting involved, but you. Yeah, this, also had the Undertaker get involved. Yeah, it was for me. It was like slow for most of the match, and I don't think the the no DQ did anything to enhance it. Like I, they, they barely used weapons, and I get like the the whole no DQ. That was the only way you could fit the Undertaker in without having like a disqualification or having it having it happen after the match. So one of the things I think that maybe they could have better booked this because, like you just said, you and were it went on super long. Yeah, like I couldn't really get into this match. Uh, I think a better booking. I mean, what do I know? I'm just a fan. We're just all three fans sitting here. There's two but, of us here, brother. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, yeah, but I think maybe we should have put the Braun Strowman match in this position. Like instead of having the elimination chamber lead into the Undertaker coming out, I don't maybe, think so. Maybe put the IC there, because then I think that maybe it would have been a calming, a more of a calming moment, instead of having the elimination chamber into this. You don't think? I, I just think this match went on way too long. I liked AJ teasing the tombstone. Yeah. Um, I thought it was cool that when um. Alistair Black hit the Meteora off of the commentary table through a table. It was cool. Yeah, and I still I still love uh, Fade to Black. What's the Black Mass? Black Mass is the, the spin kick. What's Fade to Black? Um, I don't know. Because I thought I heard on commentary they refer to it as Fade to Black. And I was just like, I thought it was Black Mass. I, I okay. was So it, the, it's uh... Black Mass. Yeah, I was under the impression Fade to Black was the name of his theme song. Oh. All right. Well, I, or I think... no, I, I don't know. Fade to Black is just a uh, a saying of his? I don't know. No clue. But I, I like... Um, yeah, so you have the, the OC. They jump. They jump him. They hit the Magic Killer. They go, uh, they go to attack... Um, Alistair Black. Yeah, the lights go out. They come back on. Undertaker's got both of them in chokeholds. Very AJ corny. Went. Very Dr- corny looking. Corny. The choking. I don't know. Well, it was, AJ was setting up for the phenomenal forearm. The lights go out. Comes back on. Taker's got them. Tosses them to the side. AJ goes for the forearm on Undertaker. Boom. Catches him. Chokeslam. Disappears. So. Yeah. And then Aleister Black picks him up, hits him with the finisher, and that's it. Yeah. Match. Next. Go on. Yeah. No. Oh, next up, you had the Tag Team Championship on the line. Street Profits picking up the victory over Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Uh, I wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't really a fan. Yeah, Viking Raiders randomly came out to fight with AOP, which I made no sense to me. I, I still like it was so confusing that they faced Ryder and Hawkins earlier in the night and then they came out during this. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, I know um, they've been like intertwined in this feud and everything, but it was just weird. And then Kevin Owens came out like the shield, which I, I popped for while he was eating popcorn. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Threw some into uh Seth Rollins' hair. 
Yeah, well, I was going to say face, but... Yeah. And then Dawkins pounced Seth Rollins big time into the barricade. Yeah. And uh, really, this match was about Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens hits the, the stunner on Seth Rollins after the match. And just walks away. I, I like I like where he, at the ramp, he just pours out some uh, popcorn onto Murphy. Yeah. Which, th- was- it's not, it's not a, to take anything away from the Street Profits or buddy murphy and rollins here but no i i I don't i I thought i i i do think they're all all four of them are great but i just i i I, this went on too long to me yeah maybe maybe doing a taz impression yeah maybe the previous two matches were just a little bit too long but next up you had Sami Zayn, nakamura and cesaro pick up the victory over braun i like Uh, this match Sami Zayn. i like Sami Zayn's part in this match i agree the 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 double suplex and the haluva kick that he did to win, I thought that was great. And I was under I, the impression, I guess I missed it a bunch of times, commentary said that whoever wins this is the champion. So yeah. so when they announced Sami Zayn as the champion, I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> I, I was he has not held a championship since he was NXT champion. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Sami Zayn brings some justice to the IC division now. Yeah, so, I mean, and I, I was a big fan of this match, uh, which is weird, but even yeah. like the, when uh, when Strowman did like the train gimmick, whatever I don't know what he calls it, but yeah, uh, he bodied Cesaro. Cesaro went flying into the crowd. Yeah, I I thought that this they had a lot of good spots. Um, overall, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was a fan of that super that Huluva kick when they did it on SmackDown a few weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, and, well, not the same kind of Huluva kick. Yeah, that's true. Variation, but that he like just, a double he hit team. the well. He hit like they held him in the corner, and yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, I feel like they did do the superplex haluva kick. Not super through it. Um, yeah, but through a table. Oh, I, I don't remember. I may I may be totally off, and because you know usually I am. But all right, so let's get into the main event. Shayna Baszler picked up the victory in the women's elimination chamber match to earn the right to face the women's champion, the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, at WrestleMania. It starts off with Natalia and Ruby Riot. The fans were quiet. Yeah. Sarah Logan comes out next. Um, so she gets to have some sort of match with Ruby Riot. So there's a little bit of payoff there, but the main payoff would have been with Liv Morgan. But instead of having Liv Morgan come out next, the, the, the next person who entered was Shayna Baszler, eliminates Sarah Logan right away, eliminates Ruby Riot right away. And there goes the entire Liv Morgan storyline. Like, what? Not long I, after that, she makes Natalia tap, uh, which then made it seem goes, like Baszler was waiting in the ring by herself they, for like 10 minutes. And there go with eliminating Natalia. There goes the entire Oscar Natalia storylines. Yeah. So then Liv gets in. Um, she eventually she gets put through one of the pods and uh, eventually gets the the Kirifuda clutch locked in on her from the second rope. So that leaves again what seemed like ten minutes for Oscar to taunt uh, Baszler from inside the the pod for Baszler to taunt Oscar from inside the pod. Um, I mean, I don't, I still, this match did not need to happen. No, this the match crowd was, for the most part, I thought was dead. 
it yeah, did no, show this... Baszler as like a super dominant person, but and nobody's but was, ever was... eliminated everybody inside of a chamber before. Yeah, but this wasn't needed. Yeah, for Baszler. I mean, you you had this. What they're doing with Baszler is so but unnecessary. It, just like what they it, did. A few, but hold on, in, hold on. In some sense, hold on. Just, hold on. Just like how a few weeks ago when they had her bite Becky Lynch's the back of Becky Lynch's neck to cause blood, totally trying to get her over as a ferocious, fierce competitor. But I think it's because, not necessary. Yes, but we know her and her record because we watch NXT. Yeah, but we can't so, but, assume that everybody that watches Monday Night Raw or the Elimination Chamber watches NXT. Of course, but they're also going about it the wrong way. It doesn't just because they don't know it doesn't mean she has to break skin for Becky Lynch and bite her. Doesn't mean that you have to have her eliminate all these women in elimination chamber match when all of them when were the last time they've been relevant in the title scene. Well, I don't mind her elim- I thought from the start that she should have eliminated everybody. I just thought yeah, she but I just thought she should come in last. Exactly, come in last, but it, I don't think that it's totally it's I don't think it's necessary to have Baszler in you could have easily just had her do a promo with Becky Lynch, have them brawl. That's going to get people pumped up. I mean, I sh- I'm sure they're going to lead into that, but it didn't have to go in this fashion. I'm kind of disappointed that it did, but I would have liked to have seen like Baser locks in like the cure food, a clutch or something. And, uh, the poison mist drips from Oscar's mouth. Ooh, like blood. I like that thought. That's interesting. Watch like next week or yeah, two weeks. Sure. You're going to do that. That's actually, I, I actually do like that. I actually do like that, but yeah, so that is Elimination Chamber. Let's get on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which nice. Becky kicks it off uh, completely getting rid of the whole Conor McGregor gimmicks, so that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's obviously a promo about Shayna Baszler. She brings up Ronda Rousey. I thought it could have been a little bit stronger. Yeah. I I agree with you. I don't think it really delivered as strong as it should have. But, I mean, you also didn't have Shayna Baszler involvement. It was straight up just Becky. Right. So, First but, match of the evening, we saw Rey Mysterio defeat Angel Garza. I liked uh, when Angel Garza went for the 619. Yeah. I thought that was cool. But Rey Mysterio... Again, goes for that Panama sunrise, and uh, Angel Garza caught him. Rey Mysterio reversed it back into a, a setup for the 619. Hits a uh, a body splash, like, elbow drop thing? I, I think he was, like, too close to... Yeah, yeah. He was Garza. a little bit awkwardly positioned. But again, I'm, like, I'm having such a, a fun time watching him, Garza, him as in Rey Mysterio, Humberto Carrillo, and Andrade, like... Yeah, line. but I, I'm. It's missing Kalisto, and I know well, he's on a different brand. Yeah, and he's also injured to too. I know you're about to say that because he's also injured. Up, yeah, the injury too. But this is this is the storyline that he he belongs in. This is where he has to be. This sets up Ray versus Kalisto at WrestleMania, but more likely a fatal four way for the United States Championship. But yeah, that'd be amazing though. Up next, but, they right. showed if WrestleMania even happens. We don't know yet. All right. Yeah, as um, of now, WrestleMania is not canceled. 
yeah they they showed kevin owens arriving earlier in the night and being stopped by seth rollins buddy murphy and authors of pain uh i liked seth rollins showing up there because he was eating popcorn which was like a callback to the pay-per-view yeah and then kevin owens throws his suitcase at aop and went after uh all of them but obviously can't take all four of them on no they dominated him yeah, after that, we saw Charlotte Flair cut a promo about the video package that they aired on NXT last week, which they then uh, also aired on Monday Night Raw um, with Ray Ripley in the, the, the Raymond James Stadium. Mm-hmm. Flair quotes Rhea Ripley from the promo and said that she'll never, um, she'll never be her, which is pretty much what Rhea Ripley said in the video. She's just like flipped the script. I thought it was weird. Yeah. Like Ripley in the video says like, I don't like basically is like, I don't want to be flair. So I changed myself up completely. And then here you have flair saying like, Oh, you'll never be me. And she's, that's like in her mind. It's like, yeah, good. I don't want to be you. Yeah. But Ripley came out finally as pyro. So that's awesome. Which is Rhea Ripley was not, this like tough woman when she first started, right? No, she she was. She just didn't look like this, right? She went when she first started. Maybe she was tough, but she had more of a. She was like she was a muscular build. It was like, or or like a she's like a taller woman. Yeah, but I don't think she was really displaying as much. I don't know toughness as she used as she is currently. Uh, when she first came in, like her first very appearance. So to see the transition of her character and where she is now, it's pretty cool. But after this, you had Bobby Lashley pick up the victory over uh, Zack Ryder. Wait, I didn't, I like, I still, the, the Flair part. Oh, what about? promo where Flair's like, this isn't NXT, it's Raw, it's my kingdom. I thought that was cool. Yeah. But then Rhea Ripley punches Charlotte in the face and Flair looks like a drunk chick that fell down in a bar. <laughs> I didn't understand. Like, how does she not sell for a punch? She just like falls down like as if she fell on her own. Right. I, I thought it was weird. But yes, then Bobby Lashley defeats Zack Ryder in like two minutes, which honestly, yeah. I wish Lashley was an AEW. I, you know, I, I have a I have internal battle with Bobby Lashley, dude. It's not. It it just when he left the first time or got fired, I don't remember what happened. People were like, "Oh, thank God, Bobby Lashley is gone." He shows up in in Impact or whatever. People are like, "Oh, this is awesome, Bobby Lashley's here." And then people are like, "Wait a minute, I don't like Lashley. Get him <laughs> off my television." Then he shows back up in WWE. People are like, "Oh, hell yeah, Lashley's back." And then they're like, "Wait a minute." I don't like Lashley. Get that's, him off my TV. That's exactly the internal battle that I'm dealing with. Yeah. Because I legit, when they when he returned to WWE, I legit pop. And I believe I told you, you got blinders on. You don't remember these past, like, 10 years where everybody's always like, oh, I like Lashley, but wait a minute. Yeah, I legit had blinders on. I'm like, oh, nice. Bobby Lashley's back. There's so much we can do with Bobby Lashley. He's well needed. And then there's literally ever, nothing you could do with Bobby Lashley that'll make me care ever. He's so bland. He is bland. But yeah, 
next up backstage, right? Yeah. You had uh, Alistair Black being confronted by Seth Rollins. Yeah, Alistair uh, Black had a knock on his door. Yes, he had the good old knock. But yeah, it was it was Rollins and Murphy. Yeah, asking him to to join them. But that didn't go as planned. Yeah, Black said no. Sets up Alistair Black versus Seth Rollins later on. Match up next. Um, McIntyre. Was it was it like necessary? McIntyre defeats know. Eric Rowan. Is anything with Rowan necessary? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but Drew McIntyre ends up moving the, the cage during the match and smashed it with the steel steps and then did the 3-2-1 to win. I mean, Claymore. Rowan, I mean, was that so like the kibosh of the cage? Like, is that like, is that it? Are we done with that already or what? It had to be like, I mean, last week with the robotic tarantula and then, I mean, like, what was, out it, of, was it always meant to be a robotic tar- tarantula? What, what was it supposed to be? Like, I know I news sites reported Vince McMahon completely rewrote it and got that last minute. I don't know. I don't know. There's so much that could have been written with it. And I guess this is – I could only think that this is the – I don't think they had the payoff that they wanted. So this is kind of to just put it to bed. Um, the, the matchup next kind of irked me because it was uh, Kabuki Warriors picking up the victory over Natalia and Liv Morgan. What do you think about the pre-match promo, though, by Kabuki Warriors? I, I like it. I don't have a problem with that at all. I like it too. I think that the laughter, like they're hysterically laughing. And I was thinking about it. Do you think that the hysterical laughter is just a way to show that they're crazy, but also because they're, um, they don't speak English. The, I don't I'm about to not speak English too well, but, (laughs) um, they don't really speak English too well. Do you think that the laughter is a way to give them a decent promo without having to pronunciate as many words uh i mean it should be like, pronounced see i told you <laughs> or, or enunciate yeah but you, you know you, you know what i'm saying like i think that maybe the laughter and everything is a way to kind of uh give more of a promo to them without having to use words yeah i don't uh i don't know i never really like looked into it thought about yeah, it i i feel like that that is very possible i mean it's it's a good way to elongate any promo. If you can't get the words out, just hysterically laugh. People are going to think that you're crazy anyway, so go for it. Uh, but Ruby Riot came out during this match, which then saw Sarah Logan eventually make her way down. I, I thought, like, right off the bat when she came down, they should have brawled. Yeah. It was weird because they were, like, standing on opposite sides of the entrance ramp and then, like, looked at each other and they're like, okay, fight. And it's like, <laughs> that made no sense. And then Liv Morgan went up to the top rope, but instead of, uh, like, Natty went for a hot tag or whatever, Liv Morgan went to the top rope, jumped on, jumped out uh, onto them, and that was I the mean, end of her in the match. Realistically, this is going to be a triple threat match, but do you see this payoff of a triple threat at WrestleMania, or is it going to be on Monday Night Raw beforehand? I, well, I, I at this point, I have no idea, but like, WrestleMania yeah, would be the most likely... But that's the thing. I mean, and and it's not, I don't, I don't think it would be a triple threat between them. I think it would be a, uh, a women's battle Royal. Oh yeah. Like the three of them fight each other in there. 
I don't like that. I think that the three of them should be given the proper amount of time. But well, they could still be given the proper it, amount of time, and that match was like twenty minutes long. Yeah, that's the thing. It does make sense, but I just it just stinks that they didn't have anything geared towards their payoff at the elimination chamber. But yeah, Kabuki Warriors pick up the victory over Natalia and Liv Morgan. Yeah, up next, the OC came out. AJ Styles spoke about the Undertaker getting into his business. Uh, and he brings up how Undertaker took his jacket and his hat off after his loss at, at WrestleMania to Roman Reigns. And it's like it should he's like it should have happened after after you lost to Brock at Mania 30. AJ's not wrong. Then he challenges Undertaker for a match at WrestleMania. Called him a broken down old man named Mark Calloway. And then goes into bringing up Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool is the reason why you're even wrestling still. Do, do you? I don't. Because uh, what kind of made me laugh was where he's just like, all right, I'm breaking kayfabe, guys. Uh, Michelle McCool and Undertaker yeah. are married. I don't it know if you like, know this or not, but yeah, Undertaker's married to Michelle McCool. It's like, dude, yeah, we, we all know that. I think Thanks, he's okay. got a problem with Michelle McCool because she does his <laughs> finisher. <laughs> <laughs> i've totally forgot my, about that. my finisher is not the faith breaker it's a styles clash and she didn't even ask me permission <laughs> but uh he brings up undertaker dying in the ring and he said that he will be taking his soul and then they announced later on a contract sure. signing for the match even though undertaker didn't even accept <laughs> But AJ Styles kept, uh, I don't mean maybe once, he used the, the expression nail in the coffin. Yeah. Casket match? Hmm. I that think the, be... the, the last casket match that we saw with Undertaker uh, at WrestleMania might have been 22 against Mark Henry, if I'm not mistaken. Whose finisher was nail in the coffin? Or something like that. Oh, Vampiro. Yeah. That would be interesting if they did a casket match. But, uh what's the payoff then is that going to be undertaker's last match or it could i don't know i mean a casket match at wrestlemania it would make sense if undertaker's last match <laughs> is a casket match if there are no fans there they got a lot more uh leeway with with getting to do moves that they don't normally get to do because there's no crowd seeing them it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out um i think no matter what people are going to tune in and watch. Well, yeah, it's WrestleMania. Unless yeah. WrestleMania is actually canceled or yeah, or moved to June in, or something like that. In that case, you can find me and Brandon on Twitch uh, playing video. Gonna We're going to be playing uh, WWE not happening. 2K20 uh, and airing our WrestleMania. Not happening. If anything, I'm going to be watching WrestleMania 20 clips Mike of it 20. tonight. Well, today was the... It happened, I believe, 16 years ago. Today was WrestleMania 20. I don't know. I would pick an older one. Not WrestleMania 9. But that, oh, I don't need to favorites. do old. I don't like, I like old. old. I don't know. All right. Next up, you had the 24-7 champion, longest reigning champion of the 24-7 cha title championship. Rick Moss picking up the victory over Cedric Alexander. And Cedric Alexander continues to fall. Um, fall yeah, but he had a, uh, a reference. He was referenced on AEW this week, so Ooh. thumbs up. Uh, but I think there needs to be more to Riddick Moss than what they've given us 
yeah, for, for, he, for people to care about him. I think he's impressive in the ring. I like that the finisher, the I don't even know what you would call it, like a urinati, but not. I don't like his finisher too much. I Why? think his I think it's dope. I don't know. I think his finisher is bland. Wait, first of all, not his that wasn't even his finisher. The finisher is like that running rock bottom. He does like a running rock bottom. Maybe maybe I'll have to see it again. Yeah, no, they, but, he does a really cool move. That's uh, it's it's like I, I guess it's like a, a form of an STF, not an STF, uh, STO. Yeah, an STO. But it's, uh, it's literally as if he like runs. It's like a combination of a spear and a rock bottom. I think it's really cool. All right, I'm gonna and, have I, and to, I like that other move that he does where he lifts him up and and plants him down. I the lifting up and planting. I from if I'm thinking about it correctly, didn't impress me much. That don't impress yeah. me much. Um, but, yeah, no, he's bland. Yeah, something- it's he needs, yes, there needs to be something. Like, what do, I still, like, I think I said it last week. Why do we care about him? Because he turned on Mojo and everybody collectively doesn't like Mojo? I don't know. Yeah, there has to be some sort of a, a gimmick with Riddick Moss to get us to watch. I hate it when they have generic uh, powerhouses on TV without a gimmick. You can only have so many powerhouses without some sort of a reason to watch. Yeah, sure, look how like, well it worked with Eric Escobar. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like they have that old school mentality that if they are muscular, if they are Jack, it's an it's enough attention to want to catch your eye and watch. But I feel like now with the transition of wrestling, you need a uh, some sort of a draw factor on top of that. So he needs a gimmick. He needs something. I thought you would for sure say who's Eric Escobar. No, I kind of remember him. <laughs> he was with Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero, yeah, yeah, for like a hot minute. We, I believe we saw him wrestle live with, with Vicky in his corner. Yeah, I think I remember. But next up, you had MVP in the ring. <laughs> Mid-promo, as Raw came back from commercial break. Yeah. Uh, but he spoke about building a stable. And, and I'm, like, was... I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is cool. And then he goes, and I wanted to focus around Edge. I was like, what the hell are they doing? I felt the same way. Once he mentioned stable, I'm like, oh, my God, are we going to get a stable again? Come on, bring in a stable. I would so love a stable <laughs> led by MVP. This could, be, this, this could be the VIP or something like that. And then he brings up Edge, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's like – he goes, Edge needs to focus, and I'm here to focus him. And then Edge, they, they, Edge comes out, um, calls out Orton. MVP yells at him, brings up Beth Phoenix. Edge spears him, instantly gets attacked by Randy Orton. Uh, but Edge, hits- which I thought was pretty cool, that Randy Orton attacking. Yeah, like, Orton- I, I just I, to, to involve MVP here was just weird. I know it was super weird, but Edge ends up hitting uh, an RKO on Orton, grabbed two chairs, and Orton slid out of the ring. But did, um, did you pop for that RKO? I mean, I it was. I I popped for Edge hitting an RKO on uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, but uh, I, MVP I, then went to attack Edge, got locked in that front sleeper, and uh, hit him with an RKO onto the chair, followed by a concerto. And then fans yeah. chanted one more time, so Edge I mean, obliged. Yeah, two two. Uh, and then attack. Edge ran after Orton, which was like again weird. Yeah. Because Orton was standing there for a while, and then he chased him off, and then there was no follow-up. It just went to commercial break. Did did Edge ever catch up to him? Or did yeah. they just get well, backstage and no, like stop well, and be no, like, hey, good job out there? We saw the payoff of that. Edge was walking backstage looking for Orton, and uh, Chuck told him that Orton already left. 
Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Also, I don't know if I'm allowed to call her Chuck, so I'll say Charlie Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Up next, I was we talking saw... about Chuck. It was Chuck Norris's birthday the other day. And how old is he? 81, 82, 83? I think, I think 80. I think 80, but I feel like he's much shape. older than 80. No, I, I think he turned 80 this year. It's funny, just the other day was the uh, anniversary, not really the anniversary, but when I, I called up, yeah, he is 80, but I, I had called the, uh, what, what is the product he pushes on the infomercials? Oh, I don't remember. It's home gym or something? Yeah. And I call, I made a call to the infomercial saying, I, uh, I was like, is this who I called to meet Chuck Norris? And they were like, no, you don't get to meet Chuck Norris. You, this is just to buy the, the, the product or whatever. I was like, wait a minute. I'm buying this product and I don't even get to meet Chuck Norris? <laughs> and they got like super pissed off at me, hung up, and then called me back like an hour later. This was all like, I was doing it way too like it was like four. Brandon in the was ahead of his time. It was like four in the morning when I when I was doing it, and they called me back around like five. I'm like, what? I blocked my number. What's going on here? They're like, are you the person that was interested in meeting Chuck Norris? I'm like, yes. They're like, well. This home gym, blah, blah, blah. You don't get to meet Chuck. I was like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> buying your home gym, brother. Yeah, you're like, thanks for waking me up again. I appreciate you like returning the – giving a receipt on this, but no. no. <laughs> yeah, no. but Alistair Black defeats Seth Rollins via disqualification. I, I like this match more than I liked Alistair Black versus AJ, and I like this match more than I liked Street Profits versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. But I felt like this match also went on too long. I feel like maybe they're trying to get Aleister Black over further but by giving him longer matches. But I don't think it's necessary. And I thought the ending was uh, kind of yeah. predictable. Rollins yeah. calls Authors of Pain out. Viking Raiders come out to uh, make the save. But then they get beat down. Yeah. Street Profits run out to, to help. And they cleaned house, and uh, and then but Montez it, Ford goes, "We should, uh, we should make it an eight-man tag." Yeah, that was predictable, um, leading to Seth Rollins, Murphy, and AOP picking up the victory over Street Profits and Viking Raiders. Which I did. I liked how many tags they that like Street Profits were making with Viking Raiders. I thought that was good. I I, I think obviously Montez Ford is a standout. Yeah, big time, big time. And, and I also I wasn't expecting this to be the main event. By the time they were, I feel like this was like a, a good, like lengthy match. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Kevin Owens pulls Seth Rollins out of the ring after he wins and authors of pain attack him. And, uh, Kevin Owens took all of them out and then got hit with three curb stomps. Yeah. I, overall, I, I thought it was a nice ending to raw. Seth Rollins getting his redemption on Kevin, uh, Kevin Owens. Rumored that Razar might be out for six to eight months. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that's going to make WrestleMania even more interesting if it takes place. Up <laughs> next, uh, next week, I mean, not up next. Next week, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, supposed to be live in Pittsburgh. Don't um, know what's going to happen with I think any it's of officially that. at the Performance Center. Officially? Per- yeah. Like, I think WWE sent out, like, notices to, to news sites and stuff. Yeah, it's going to be but, it's gonna but be I don't think they've actually announced that that he's going to be at the performance center or Yeah, and they're pushing it pretty heavy with uh 
uh, so the 316 yeah, t-shirt and yeah and the 316 day hashtag 316 day has its own uh, emoji on twitter which i pop for that's really cool but like what what is his role <sighs> I, I don't know it's gonna be interesting it's gonna what be if interesting. They're, they're in the performance center I mean, first of all, Stone Cold Steve Austin should just go like an hour by himself riffing. Could this be a segment with him and Kevin Owens putting over Kevin Owens with the stunner? Um, did they not do that at Madison Square Garden? Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if it's Stone Cold Steve Austin standing in the ring talking, you know, I came out here for Stone Cold Steve Austin Day and there's no crowd. This is weird. <laughs> and he's like talking, he's doing his promo, whatever, and then you hear Yeah, right. <laughs> would you like you would die, right? I I, I would be confused. <laughs> what do you mean? And then, yeah. And then you realize it's Kevin Owens theme song and not CM Punk's theme song. <laughs> well, I mean that yeah, that that's still well, that doesn't get me. I, I always get stuck with the uh, Kabuki Warriors in That's so stupid. I, it, I, it sounds nothing like I know. No, the first No, it sounds nothing like Kaya Dai. I know. I know. Yeah. But that's that's, uh, Monday Night Raw. Moving on to SmackDown. Triple H opens the show uh, pushing the Performance Center and all the superstars who came from it because SmackDown was live from the WWE Performance Center for the very first time. Um, And they were all set up all ready to go due to NXT already having had gone done their show from there but it was not even related to coronavirus it was due to full cell university being full but this was due to coronavirus it was canceled from detroit michigan and moved to the performance center so it seems like all shows from here on out will be most likely at the performance center if if stuff like this keeps up which they're very lucky to have this i think i watched um in uh Joaquin Wild BJZ and he said yeah. he said that they broke down six rings for this so that's crazy cuz it's like do, do they like did they have did they break down the six rings for NXT and then reset everything back up and then break everything back down for SmackDown? Like, how are they getting their training in if they broke down all the six rings and stuff? Do they do that in between shows? I have no idea. It's, yeah, I don't know. Or is, like, everything on hold because of coronavirus anyway? Yeah, I, it's, it's, we've never had this, like, this happen before. And WWE is really lucky that they have the Performance Center to do something like this because AEW on the other side is, I mean, they they, they had to move their events. They moved one event, at least so far, from the last that I looked, to Daly's Place in, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, where it's attached to, what, the TIAA Stadium or whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. But... Jacksonville just got a Corona gimmick and they, they can't have events there. Yeah. I feel like a- we're going to see AEW, a lot of AEW was going to be uh was going to have limited uh, fan restrictions or whatever, but now they're not even allowed to have fans. Blood and guts got moved from Prudential center. I don't know what's, what's happening with that. I don't know if they announced a, a, a venue change for that, 
But, no, not yet, I don't think. And that's if they do, if they end up having that match, it's going to be bizarre to have no crowd. I saw somebody on Twitter. I wish I knew what their Twitter handle was to put them over. Somebody said that in this time they should just, well, I mean, that's of course, if Matt Hardy is in fact signed, signing with AEW, Mm -hmm. Hardy compound for like a a month, a straight month of just like, wait a minute, this is like, how did we get here? Like a broken universe sort of thing. Yeah. And just have film like a whole month worth of a month's worth of episodes um, of AEW with a select few people or whatever at the Hardy compound. That would be interesting. Like you could put on your your standard AEW matches at the Hardy Compound, but you can also have like a huge broken storyline. I know, I'm sure there. I, I again, we have no idea if Matt Hardy's even in AEW. Yeah, it would be fantastic if like all of a sudden, if he was like actually still with WWE, and then boom, NXT films there or something like that, mm-hmm. or Raw and SmackDown go there and like they they get broken. It should be very interesting to see what happens with AEW and yeah. stuff like that. So it's unfortunate, but people are working with what they got. Exactly. That's what you got to do. And Triple but... H welcomed everybody to the Performance Center, which I thought was really cool. I thought when I first like thought about the opening of SmackDown, I was like, I think it should be Vince McMahon doing a cold open to SmackDown. But when Triple H shows up on the screen, I was like, ah, Duh, hello. Obviously, it makes more sense for Triple H because he's this is there's no PC without Triple H. Yeah, this is his his baby. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool. So yeah, yeah I totally agree. With you. I thought that that intro was really uh, cool. He was talking about how uh, being entertaining and stuff like that, and I thought it was one of those things that it was just like reassuring in a way. Yeah, uh, first up that we had on SmackDown, Sasha Banks and Bayley came out and taunted the crowd, which I thought was great because there was no crowd. Uh, Then they cut a a promo. Sasha Banks used Paige's catchphrase saying, this is my house. And then they asked where Paige was and Triple H was like, yeah, yeah, Cole, why did you tell him where Paige is? (laughs) And Adam, Adam Cole, geez. (laughs) <laughs> Michael Cole, Michael Cole, told uh, everybody that Paige, no, 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 that Paige uh, is not there due to travel issues, which apparently she did end up saying due to coronavirus, she's not going to fly. I, I, I think, but I, I thought she was living in Florida, so I don't know. Maybe she went overseas uh, at some know. point. But Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross came out, spoke about challenging the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, and then challenge Boston Hug to a match, to which Boston Hug Connection picks up the victory over Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, uh, which Triple H sat in on commentary the whole night. I thought that was pretty cool to have him on commentary the entire night. A little bit goofy, a little bit serious at the same time. I'm not sure if we if they originally planned to have Triple H on commentary the full night because Michael Cole said Triple H is like I don't know if he actually said like Triple H is very busy. We're gonna have like a like a, a rotating cast, basically, mm-hmm. is what I remember him saying. Sim- something like that. Yeah. But maybe Triple H just got like big time over with the boys backstage. Like, so he's like, you, you got to do it. Because he did leave, I believe, at one point, right after this match. Mm-hmm. So it was cool because it was like, he was kind of like DX Triple H. 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, throughout the night, he even took the camera at one point. Yeah. And was playing camera guy. But as far as this match goes, Nikki Cross, I liked her playing to the non-existent crowd. Doing like the, yeah. doing like the, the whole like clap to try to get the, the fans behind Alexa Bliss. Even the stomping on the outside of the ring. Yeah. Um, Asuka ends up attacking Alexa Bliss from behind, uh, behind the referee's back. Also, Triple H, hilarious. She came, she, he, he quotes, he says she, uh, she came right through the crowd. She yeah. blended in with everybody here. I, I thought was yeah. I thought that's just that's so funny, and I, I liked I liked this match. It was very weird to see, and it was almost as if I could hear the crowd throughout all of SmackDown, which is bizarre. I yeah, that is bizarre. And also during this match, I thought <laughs> it was weird. They had the the I don't know if you even like realized it. The teams were on the opposite corners of the huh. of the the ring. Normally they would be. Like, yes, obviously they'd be in opposite corners, but like they were on the other sides of uh, where they normally would be. And I was like, oh, maybe it was like a TV thing. But for 205 Live later on, they did uh, Team NXT versus uh, the originals plus Mike Kanellis. Mm-hmm. And they had the normal <laughs> the normal uh, ring spots for them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't uh I didn't notice it. Which that but that match by the way was really good. Something interesting is that um they aired a commercial break on TV. Yeah. Uh, and which, uh in, we, I guess in Israel they forgot to cut the the feed or whatever or apparently it happens often where they show stuff they're not supposed to. I mean, who that has to be WWE side obviously. I, I don't know, yeah. Somebody somebody in the production booth of WWE really messed up yeah so they they end up up, like restarting to their positions and stuff like that yeah um which i think is fine like obviously you're not going to wrestle during a a commercial break when there's nobody there yeah it makes sense to. although if you really wanted to like do something like it would be really cool to like one day see like a behind the scenes sort of thing well so this entire so that brings me to so this entire uh smackdown Reminded me a lot of when me and you used to watch like the leaked NXT or FCW uh, stuff going on at the performance center or where they were training. Wait, what? You know, like where sometimes they would leak a clip of them doing the promos. Oh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or like where they're training, like they're practicing some moves in the ring at, from like a hidden YouTube account. It yeah. kind of reminded me of that stuff back then. You think? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It, it definitely felt like a whole behind-the-scenes episode of SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. But next up, you had Roman Reigns speak uh, about the Universal Champion Goldberg. Fist bump. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Michael Cole asked Roman Reigns about how people say that he doesn't deserve to be in the main event. And Reigns is like, if I can main event live events all over the United States, then there's no reason why I can't main event WrestleMania. And uh, Cole said that they're billing this as Spear versus Spear. And next week on SmackDown, Goldberg and Roman Reigns will have a contract signing. Uh, This was an interesting promo interview thing from Roman Reigns because we don't really see... It it seemed like he was out of character. Yeah. Like it seemed like we were watching Joe. So it was very interesting to see this because we don't normally see that from Roman Reigns on TV. 
Mm-hmm. And I guess it, under these circumstances, it was it was nicer and and more. Uh, I don't know the the proper word to say, but I liked it. There you go. As more, long as you like it, it was more real. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like a forced promo or anything. Yeah, yeah. Everything seemed a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Uh, backstage, even though I'm sure everyone was like panicking to get like time right and everything and yeah, fit everything perfectly, but. Uh huh. Backstage, Caleb Braxton was interview or was going to interview somebody, but got cut off by Cesaro, uh, who then introduced Sami Zayn. Nakamura was there, and I, I popped big time. She she told them they were bumped, which I thought was funny because she hosts WWE The Bump every Wednesday mm-hmm. morning, ten a.m. on yeah. YouTube, and I, th- I thought it was funny. But she introduces Jeff Hardy, who gets cut off by King Corbin who makes a bunch of junk, drunk driving test jokes. And then yeah. uh, Jeff said he's got a big match later on against him. And then Elias attempted to sing to Corbin, but Corbin left. And I'm like, please be on commentary. <laughs> match up next, or not even match up next. We saw a segment backstage. Daniel Bryan ran into Drew Gulak, who uh, they spoke about their match at Elimination Chamber. And he's like, you might be onto something here. And asked Drew Gulak if he was still willing to teach him. And they get cut off by Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Nakamura. Zayn puts him down. Cesaro steps up in front of uh, in, in front of Zayn. And basically, what I thought was going to be a tag match. Gets turned into him telling Daniel Bryan. Or Daniel Bryan telling him to meet him in the ring or whatever. So it was just a, a singles match later on. But after this, they, they replay the WWE Elimination Chamber match, the tag team one from the pay-per-view, which I really hope we don't have this in store for Raw. Yeah, I always hate it when they actually show the entire uh, previous match on episodes like this. But I get that like you had like less than a week to prepare for this episode. You yeah. were limited on talent. Um. That too. Who's actually going to travel to Monday Night Raw? Yeah, I just, I no. really, especially with Monday Night Raw being three hours, I really, really, really hope we don't get any sort of like unfresh material. I mean, then what happens if all flights are canceled? Brother, what he's then? got a private jet. Yeah, but what happens if they. You're not, you can't ground a private jet. I don't well, think. I mean, he's not flying every single wrestler on a private jet. If it if it comes down to something like that, then they could get to to they could probably get a hefty amount of superstars there if they needed. Or or you never know, Monday Night Raw SmackDown could just turn into black and gold. Nope, not getting that reference. NXT? What are you kidding me? Oh, they all live down there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, All right, so moving on. After this moving replay, on. it leads into Miz and Morrison live in the ring, uh, which I, I thought this was funny too because they played up to to the no crowd. Yeah, it was it was kind of different. They're like it, if, it, if it anybody, class. like if anybody here doesn't think we're the best, speak up now. Yeah, <laughs> obviously nobody's there. But I, and also, I would have popped big time. I know it wouldn't have like storyline sense. It wouldn't have made any sense, but uh, if they got cut off by like undisputed error or something, mm-hmm. 
even though Undisputed Era are heels and so are Miz and Morrison. Nah. Or like some NXT NXT tag team. Nah, not the time. Not the time. Uh, next up you had... Yeah, next, next up you had Mojo sitting at the commentating booth with Triple H and Michael Cole making the uh, announcement, that confirmation that Gronk, uh, Rob Gronkowski is going to be on SmackDown next week. Yeah, I'm not sure if... Mojo's a uh, WWE. Uh, I was gonna say WWE superstar, or not uh, a SmackDown superstar. Well, I mean, we question that every. No, I like match. Mojo. <laughs> I, I'm just. Um, I, I guess maybe he somehow got moved to SmackDown now for Gronk. Yeah. So, but during this, man, I have to say, Pandemic Triple H might be one of my favorite on-screen Triple H's. He was having the absolute time of his life. It reminded me of when. Are you- what. I don't know. Do you think Pandemic Triple H is going to be in the next 2K? I don't know. This I think it had Zombie Triple H last year. Maybe you'll have Pandemic Triple H now. Um, it reminded me. I don't know what the circumstances were. I don't know if it was because of a um a volcano, vo- volcanic ash in the air, maybe, mm-hmm. where like most of the roster didn't make it out, and they like. I think Triple H did commentary at one point. John Cena and CM Punk might have also done commentary. And, like, it was just, like, the three of them. Mm -hmm. From what I remember, like, Raw revolved around the three of them. Nah. I don't remember. It reminded me of that. And also it kind of reminded me when, like, uh, although it wasn't, like, it wasn't like Triple H was making fun of everybody, anybody here at all. all, But it reminded me of CM Punk on commentary for NXT. Yeah, the only time Triple H really poke someone was with like elias um yeah and but, also michael cole he was like shaking yeah, the mo- he, he filled in michael cole's soul patch with a sharpie marker yeah but uh, next up you had daniel bryan pick up the victory over cesaro yeah gulak and nakamura were ringside sammy Zayn was on commentary um which it was it was a standard Daniel Bryan and Cesaro match, which is always yeah. great. But I I wish it was long. It was like a five minute match. Yeah, I just wish it, it was long. Yeah, the, the, that goes back to the whole elimination chamber thing. That we could have had this match. Hello, of course. Hello, uh, I know. And Daniel know. Bryan wins with a small package. Nakamura attacks Daniel Bryan afterwards. Gulak makes the save, gets beat down by Nakamura and Sami Zayn. So maybe next week we will see a tag team match. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, next up was something that was a little bit weird to me. Uh, you had Jeff Hardy picking up the victory over King Corbin. Jeff Hardy making his return to the WWE from injury. It's and weird. Elias was on commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Elias commentary. Um, it was weird that, like, it was. It just felt weird that Jeff Hardy was making his big return to no crowd. Yeah, uh, but circumstance. Yeah, but he ended up... King Corbin attacked Jeff Hardy before the match even began. Yeah, uh, Jeff Hardy picking up the victory with the twist of fury. Yeah, after Elias Uh, distracts him with the guitar playing, which I thought was fun. Yeah, so I guess no more twist of fate? uh, Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. I know the the internet, like, blew up. They're like, Michael Cole sucks. He called it the wrong move, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you watch the, the move, it wasn't a twist of fate, so... You well, also, on. I think from what I was seeing, Matt Hardy may have trademarked I don't, Twist of Fate. I looked up all the trademarks on Twist of Fate, and Matt Hardy does not, as far as the internet goes, like where you could look in the database, He there's no Matt Hardy there at all. There's two live a, Twist of Fate trademarks. What a 
what a Mark news reporter you are. Well, I mean, I wanted to see because I, <laughs> I saw during during this match, people were like freaking out, like how how dare they change the name of the twist of fate? And it's like the, it was not the twist of fate. It was like the twist of fate into a swinging neck breaker. Yeah, I mean, his swanton bombs aren't even the swanton bombs anymore. Well, like, this now one, he's like, now well, this hey, one looked more more to a well, one that he used well, I mean, to do like, as he, opposed to like, the one from like. Well, I mean, he's landing like directly on them. As opposed to, I feel like when he first started doing it, he was landing on them, but he was also coming off of them. Now he's just like plopping right down on top of them. Yeah, but, uh, and it's also like, I would have accepted, it's weird because Jeff Hardy did a variation of a twist of fate that was, to me, it wasn't a twist of fate either. When he returned to WWE, he started doing that stunner twist of fate. Yeah, yeah. So, and they called it the twist of fate, but I'm, I I, I like the, the twist of fury. It's like, it's, it elevates a, a normal swinging neck breaker. Yeah, hey, I'm to I'm happy level. to see Jeff Hardy back on television. He looks he looks in great shape. Um and happy to see him back. Yeah, uh, after this Triple H thanked everybody for viewing SmackDown. Uh thanked all the viewers at home obviously, which I'd like to think all the chairs were still set up as a way of bringing the WWE universe into the performance center without actually being there. Like yeah. it's like oh this chair is you it represents you the universe, I but agree. it leads right into John Cena and Michael Cole, uh, where they spoke about Bray Wyatt and how John Cena defeated Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania, leading to the Fiend as per what Wyatt had said, and John Cena calls Bray Wyatt lazy and that he and, and said that he gave up. Yeah, and then I th- I like the entire John Cena, uh, talking about how. He wants to help the future. He wants. He is about the future, but the future isn't Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he name drops McIntyre and a few NXT Riddle. superstars. Riddle Ripley, um, and it, it was one of those things where I, I like I like John Cena promos. I'm a fan of his promos. Yeah, and, uh, and he also think- he said the 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 match John Cena versus the Fiend at WrestleMania will end the most overhyped superstar. That being the yeah. fiend, and then Bray Wyatt's laughing, shows up laughing ringside, comes into the ring, which I which I like because that wouldn't normally exactly uh, yes happen. Like he, if this was in the crowd, that may have been him on walking the down or the, something. Even yeah, that yeah could have been on screen. When but I would, when I was watching this, I was like, this I I would love to have known what they originally had scheduled for this. Yeah, but. It, uh, Bray Wyatt was just sitting at ringside watching the promo, and then he gets into the ring, and I loved Bray Wyatt's promo. It was really the dynamic of his character. What I thought and, was really cool here, for weeks, for months, we have been asking, what the hell is the Firefly Funhouse? And here we kind of got an explanation of it. Yeah, He's, we heard about... It, yeah, mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt said he stopped fighting the voices, the voices that told him this is what you need to be doing right now. It turned into the Firefly Funhouse. He stopped fighting the voices and started to listen to them. Yeah, and it came it comes full circle to his WrestleMania match with John Cena. Yeah, and he ends it Mania will be a slaughter and let me in. And then it cuts and to Bray Wyatt laughing. I thought that this was really awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was it was just really awesome how it just faded to the black and Bray Wyatt laughing. 
And uh, like like I said, Raw should be very interesting next week. AEW will be very interesting. NXT will be very interesting. Um, as far as WrestleMania goes, they met on Thursday and the city officials ended up saying that the ball right now is in WWE's court. It's up Which to I them. don't think that's I don't think that's really the smartest option because we all know we don't personally know, but we know uh, Vince McMahon's attitude. I think we have a good grasp of it, and if it was up to Vince, he's still going to put it on. Um, but yeah, well, it's whether or I, not I guess I, yeah I don't know. But during that meeting, they said that WWE had their own like I guess secret meeting. Yeah, I thought they were supposed to be part of the press conference, but. They apparently had their own press conference that uh, they they're going to be reconvening next Thursday to decide if like if it's still like this as opposed to like more normal and like panic and stuff, then they might be shutting it down themselves. But um, they have backup stuff as of now. Yes, WWE claims that they have a contingency a contingency plan. I can't imagine what it is, but WrestleMania is going to be taking place on SpaceX. Well, yeah, I don't. Or they somehow all fly to Saudi Arabia for the greatest WrestleMania. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I cannot picture WrestleMania being pushed. I cannot picture WrestleMania without a crowd. Um, I, so this it's... year will be very interesting to see what exactly happens. They, they I mean, it's crazy they pushed. Also, which I kind of wish they mentioned on uh, with Bray Wyatt, which it really wouldn't have fit, but they pushed John Cena's film, Fast and Furious 9, all the way to, to April 2021. Yeah, and it, it's just is bizarre, really but, crazy overall. Uh, but, you know. Which I, we'll I saw Disney is adding uh, Frozen 2 to the, to the network a lot earlier than they would have because of this. Yeah, I mean, even the stock market is taking a huge hit. WWE is all the way down. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this upcoming week plays out. But that being said, how about some shout-outs? Hey there, pal, it's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts. First shout-out goes to Saturday Night Live. Uh, because they brought back Rachel Dratch to do uh, Debbie Downer last week. I pop for that. I always yeah. like the, the the Debbie Downer. It's just always yeah. the, the great the the. I think the best Debbie Downer one is the the one where they all break character. The Disney World. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, them breaking character gave Jimmy Fallon his entire gimmick that he rides his entire career on. I thought Jimmy Fallon's uh, Jimmy Fallon's great. So yeah, but he has so much intentional breaking character where it's like it his gimmick. sometimes it seems like he's laughing during uh like an interview or something on like he's forced laughter he's, but he's a host he has to you gotta you gotta yeah, pretend he, to be interested in the guests otherwise they're not gonna be there he 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 comes off as so fake to me on his show though but that's just me what's next drew gulak gets the second shout out because he was on wwe watch along after his match with daniel bryan at the elimination chamber pay-per-view and uh, introduced everybody there to Humantashen that his mom homemade for everyone to eat. So I popped for that. I was like, wait a minute, are they are they eating Humantashen? <laughs> and then he ended up saying later on that his mother made them for everybody to eat. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Because uh, 
it was tomorrow's Purim or, or yesterday's um, Purim? Yeah. And then the last shout out goes to the FCW story on the WWE Network, which I thought was an absolutely fantastic documentary about a bunch of great talent who helped shape what NXT became. I just wish it was longer. I wish they interviewed more people for it. I'd love to know what Richie Steamboat is up to these days. It's a damn shame he had to retire, never made it back. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was really cool overall to see the, the the making of NXT, really. What what it really was. FCW in a garage, much like something like MYWC or, or Creative Pro Wrestling. Yeah, and it's cool to see Steve Kern uh, appearing on there, too, and bringing up Skinner. Yeah. So, so and uh, they also, WWE Shop released uh, two FCW shirts, which I, uh, which I popped for, but they're not in my size. No, but uh, yeah, right. those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our, our... Mark out moment of the week. That is right. Our mark out moment of the week. I said it on the Wednesday Night Wars podcast, which you can listen to on MarkingOut.com. Anthony Bowens being on AEW Dynamite was pretty cool, even though it was a video submission that a bunch of other people were included in. But um, it would be really cool if Anthony Bowens gets signed to AEW or WWE. That would be sick. Uh, For me, Mark Out Moment of the Week has to go to the announcement. British Bulldog is finally being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was announced on after the... After the bell, after the ropes, behind the ropes. Corey Graves has a, a gimmick show. He had Natalia, Tyson Kidd, and Harry Smith on to announce the news. So that's it's really cool. It's definitely over long overdue. Yeah, that's for sure. And now there's just two more members of the Hart Foundation that need to get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, very cool, though. Um, so something else that I popped for for the week was that Lindsay Dorado spot. The shooting star from the top of the cage from yeah. hanging. That I definitely pop for. Um, I pop big time on NXT when uh, I also obviously spoke about this on Wednesday uh, or for the Wednesday Night War. But when Kushida hit that top rope cross arm breaker. On yeah, NXT, that looked I pretty that was real cool. cool. But on t- I was disappointed that he appeared, though. I mean, he's not supposed to. It's not. Yeah. Well, also, by the yeah. way, did you notice there were no time splitter gimmicks this week? Oh, <laughs> but uh, please, I hope that they intentionally did that. <laughs> but on 205 Live this week that aired after SmackDown when they did the, the 10 man elimination tag match. He had Isaiah Swerve Scott do a wheelbarrow into a flip that landed into the cross arm breaker, which I thought was really cool. I texted Chris right away. I was like, yo, you thought the one on NXT was cool. You need to watch the ending of that 205 Live match. That was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then just outside of that, I uh, I had a coupon in email. eBay emailed me a coupon code. I have no idea why, but it was $5. Nice. There you go. So I, uh, I was looking through the uh, tops trading cards because I know they're normally like cheaper. Mm-hmm. And I ended up picking up a ring mat relic uh, tops 
take over Brooklyn four of Champa. That's so pretty it's cool. got a piece of the ring mat there, so that's kind of cool. And then I, uh, <laughs> I, I bought a Topps jer- uh, game used jersey relic for mm-hmm. John Olrud from the nice. uh, it's from the Seattle Mariners, not the New York Mets. As the All Star Baseball '99 has him, but sweetness, let's take it home. Yeah, that was the show. Check us out, marknout.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, which I found out this week you could listen to the podcast in slow motion and fast, faster speed, so I thought that was cool. But Instagram.com slash marknout11, um, as well as on YouTube, BTTG161, Instagram, and Twitter. Marknout on Twitter, prowrestlingtees.com slash marknout, facebook.com slash marknout, uh, am I missing anything else? Chris Sweendog, Dave the Rave underscore MO on Twitter. We wish you the the best, best of luck in your future endeavors. Happy and